Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Up and Down Under podcast, an NBA podcast brought to you by three very average basketballers from Australia. I'm your host, Curtis, and joining me as always is our Raptors aficionado, James. Back like we never left. <laughs> and our certified Nick Young, aka Swaggy P stand, Joey. Yo, let's get it. All right, here we go. Our final division preview. For this one, because we think it's a pretty chunky division, the Atlantic division, we are going to skip our Trevor Ariza game just for this week. And, you know, we'll bring that back next time. But to start off, the Philadelphia 76ers. For me, I have them ranked as the fifth best team in the East. I, I had them drop a little bit since. Originally, I, I had them as number three. But, you know, with this Ben Simmons drama, I think it's just a little bit too much. And it's kind of lowered me. Because regardless of whatever happens, I think it's, they're going to come off a little bit worse. Um. But in terms of the regular season, I see them finishing around that fourth seed. In terms of who they've brought in, uh, Andre Drummond, Georges Niang, and they've lost Dwight Howard, Mike Scott, and Anthony Tolliver. But yeah, I guess going back to that, it's really hard to judge where these guys are going to end up due, like, purely because of the volatility of the Simmons situation. Because like at this point, they're either not going to get him back, right, and he's just going to be gone for until they trade him, which... That's a clear loss. Like, regardless of what you think of Ben Simmons, he's a good player that provides a, a specific skill set. Um, and on the other hand, on the other side of things, like, if they do deal deal him away, it seems unlikely that they're going to get equal value at any with, from any team at this point either. Um, and I guess the third option is if he does come back, like, the locker room is going to be so volatile as it is. So, like, there's no good outcome at this point. Like, either you trade him, you get nothing, not not as much back, or you keep him and he doesn't play, or you keep him and he comes back and it's just a mess. Um, and I kind of want to touch on a quote that Joel Embiid had from Media Day where he kind of just, I don't have a specific quote, but it's more he kind of addressed the fact that, like, they did build this team around Ben Simmons and his deficiencies. Like, they had, you know, everyone on the floor besides Ben could shoot 40% from three. Um, and, you know, they had, they had good spacing. And they had, you know, I guess a versatile team with like, you know, a secondary scorer in Tobias Harris, you know, once again, depend on whatever you think of Tobias Harris, but he's still a, a good, almost all-star level player. Um, but it seems like the problem is that that they built the team around Ben's deficiencies and not around his strengths. And I think that's what he dislikes the most out of this entire situation, because he wants to be the guy. He wants to have this team run around him. And whenever Embiid's there, it's not going to be the case. So he needs to go somewhere else. And also, I want to quickly, before I pass on to, to James, is I think um, with this whole situation, like it's very justified in a way as well. Because like Simmons, he had a pretty rough year in terms of he played really well, generally, besides the playoffs where he kind of like flamed out a little bit. Like he had an all defensive caliber year where he was almost defensive player of the year. And regardless of all that, he was like, and he was all NBA the year before as well. Um, but regardless of his actual quality of play, he was like in trade rumors all year for James Harden. And then as soon as they lost, he was, you know, getting flamed out by the Philly media and like, you know, getting stomped on by his own coach when Doc Rivers was just like making backsided comments and things like that. So like ultimately he's had a really tough time. So I kind of sympathize with him there as well. So James, what do you reckon? Um, I mean, it, it, like we've said it a million times, it ultimately depends on how the Simmons situation shakes up. Um, I think they're not going to get the value back that they want, which means they're going to drop in the standings. I've got them, I mean, this is probably pretty generous, but 
as they currently stand, even if Simmons wasn't to play, I've got him as the third seed. Simply because I think that Embiid is that good. The other guys that are there have bought in and know what to do. And, like, they have had some flameouts in the playoffs, but, like, they do know how to win regular season games. And that matters. So that's sort of why I've got them as third seed. Um, but, yeah, they, they need to get back, in my opinion, someone that um, is a bit of a floor general, can shoot, and can ultimately play the point guard. Because if they lose... Like, I, I have been on the Simmons is not a point guard train for a long time. But if they lose Simmons, they actually really don't have a point guard. So they need someone who's coming in to, to um, you know, really re- run that role properly. And we can touch, about in that, touch on that later when we talk about players to add. So, um, yeah, look, not, not a lot for me to say that hasn't already been said. I think the quote about Simmons wanting the team to be built around him is, is kind of BS because I think the team could not have been built around him more if he thinks he's a point guard. Um, I, he just didn't get better. Like, he hasn't bought in like everyone else did. And I think that that's really the issue. So, like, if Ben... It's never going to happen. But um, if if Ben comes back, returns because he doesn't want to get fined and is shooting and all that sort of stuff, he's actually in a really good spot. It's just it's, the ties have, have been severed. So that's where I'm at at the moment. What do you think, Joey? Uh, yeah, so clearly, like, the Sixers are still in win now. So... Like what? They're not going to let their whole let the process flop. So they're they're going to still have to, whatever they get for Ben, um, it's going to have to be a like obviously they're not going to get the same value back probably, but whatever it's going to be has to be a piece that's going to in, um make the team better, and fit with Joel. Um, we've seen the trade. Oh, I saw a trade situation that would involve um, Brogdon, Levert, and a first round pick from the Pacers. For Ben, and I think that would be a pretty cool fit. Um, Brogdon, we've touched on him like quite a few times. He's like a low. Key, he's he, he's underrated and like low key. Like would definitely help on the team like that. Um, and then yeah, so I'll just go back to where I think where I have them. So I have them third as well. Um, I still think they're going to be an excellent regular season team. So if they can bring in like a piece for for Ben, they should be able to still compete in the East. I think. Yeah. Um, I guess following on from that, like if they were to add Brogdon and Levert, like that lineup would be scary as you'd have Brogdon at the point. You'd play either Danny Green or maybe like Matisse Thibel at the two, Levert at the three, Harris, Tobias Harris at the four, and beat at the five. Like that's a reasonably, like as in there's a lot of dynamic scoring yeah. there. Yeah, and then um, Seth Curry off the bench. And yeah, and Seth Curry off the bench, yeah. Thibel. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, it's it's a good team. Like it's a really good team. Like, and there's yeah. plenty of experience there. So, yeah, I I actually think with that team, Blavert and Brogdon are better fits than Simmons is. Like, mm. okay. even if he's to stay. So. Oh well, they still have um really good bench depth as well. Like they brought in Yang, who's like turning into a solid player. I think. Um, they've got Drummond. They've got Seth Curry still off the bench. Tyrese Maxey. So yeah, regardless of like what happens with the bench situation, this I still think they'll be a um a very good team. Yeah. Um, I'll pose a question to you guys. Do we think Matisse Thibel can develop into a consistent NBA three-point shooter? I want to say yes, based on what we saw with the Boomers. I think Philly don't really use him that well, in my opinion. They use him well on defense. They sort of deploy him when they need him as a bit of a specialist. But I think that he hasn't really been given not the space to operate, but they just don't seem to find him in the right spots um, because I think he's actually best without the ball as catch-and-shoots and backdoor cuts. Um, mm. And I haven't seen them sort of 
do much for him. It could just be that the NBA level is obviously just better. And also in um, international basketball, there's or cutting almost because the keys get a bit more congested. So maybe it's just his style is better suited to international basketball. But I want to say, yes, I think his three ball, um, he, he takes smart shots. He doesn't force anything. And if that's the key to being a good shooter is knowing when to let it fly and when not to. Um, I think that, yeah, they should. Like, I think it might be up to him, really, whether he can... He seems to be someone that's open to improving his game. So, yeah. Mm. Like, Because I think there's actually a lot more to his game than we've seen. Because when he was with the Boomers, he was making a lot of really smart passes, like a lot of smart dump-offs. Um, even like when he'd drive and kick a little bit, um, he showed he was a very strong like rim presence, like applying pressure to the rim, like attacking the rim. Um, and well, in like, I guess it was a very small sample size, but in the Olympics, he shot really well from three as well, which I think the line is slightly shorter. Um, but yeah, like he has like a bunch of dynamic aspects to his game that like, you're right, James, like they haven't really taken advantage of that yet. And he's kind of just been like, I guess, essentially a spot up shooter, um, which is not like, you know, nothing wrong with that either. But um, I'd like to see more from him because I think he could be a very like, like a very much in the Mikel Bridges mold where you can like see all these new facets of his game open up as he gets more of an opportunity. Which is why who they bring in, I think has to be um, a playmaker because mm. if yep. you get, if you trade Simmons for more scoring and more, more size and you're not getting someone back that, you know, opens up the lanes for others or can hit people on cuts and stuff like that doesn't help Matisse, you know, in any yeah. aspect if he plays with the starters. So, yeah. Um, I think another person that we want to touch on briefly is Tyrese Maxey. Because um, I guess, you know, if Simmons doesn't turn up, the point guard spot is kind of between Maxey and Shake Milton, right? And uh, I will preface this by saying that I haven't specifically watched too much of either player. You know, I've kind of been watching generically and not, not keeping an eye on either one. But um, when I watched, it did seem like Milton was more of a spot-up shooter like that's kind of where he thrived and he wasn't much of a creator in terms of not only for himself but for others meanwhile maxi kind of has that dynamic aspect to his game where he can you know get his own shot and also um, run the offense like a little bit more in the half court than someone like milton so i guess i say that all to say i would like to see maxi take that like a little bit of a step forward in his development, like especially if Simmons doesn't turn up for the first few weeks of the season, like he's going to hopefully be the starting point guard. I think from preseason, it looks like Doc's locked in Shake Milton to that spot, which I think is probably a bit of an error because um, I think Maxi would do a better job as that lead ball handler and facilitator. Uh, but yeah, I'd just love to see him take another step. Um, yeah, from what I've seen, um, yeah, Shake is definitely more of a scoring point guard. He's almost a shooting guard, just undersized. And so I guess, yeah, that leaves the door for Maxi to become the point guard. But I haven't seen a whole lot of him, I'll be honest, as well. Um, definitely haven't seen him be much of a playmaker that I have seen, like when I have watched him. So that'll be interesting to see. I think it's just like something that he could have potentially in his tool bag. He's just got mm-hmm. to unlock it a little bit. As in, he's got it more than Milton in terms of the personnel they have right now. Yeah, he's more comfortable Maybe. handling the ball. But I think the reason he's off the bench is because... There's no one on the bench currently that is comfortable handling the ball. So, mm. yeah, I think yeah. it might be a bit too early to sort of throw him in the deep end with the starters. Like, as good as the experience as that is, it could go the other way where, like, he's making errors that he just can't do when they're trying to win every game. So, Trench gives him a bit more, like, a bit, you know, a bit more room to make those mistakes. Yeah. Playing against other benches. 
Um, what do we think about Drummond? Like, what do we think he can offer? He's pretty bad. Is what I <laughs> truthfully think <laughs> he's so one-dimensional. I think he'll just give um, Embiid's body a break by Drummond being able to bang with some of the biggest centers, um, and just I guess he gives you a lot of like second chance opportunities, but then he throws them away by taking dumb shots or turning it over. So like Drummond is the ultimate. I saw someone say this the other day too. Like in years from now, like there'll be people like looking at stats, man. Like wow, Drummond was so underrated. It's like no. Like, no. Drummond is garbage. Like, if you yeah. watch the games, like, those are some of the fakest stats you can ever get. Like, you know what I mean? I've never seen someone for a big man have such a little impact getting so many boards. So, um, I think, I don't even think he's an upgrade over Dwight, really, for what he needs to do. Like, do you, you guys have watched a lot of both, mm-hmm. really, now. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? Well, for what the Lakers need, Dwight definitely offers that much more in spades. Um Dwight has better hands in terms of catching lobs, catching like passes in the lane. Um, Dwight offers more defensively. He's a much smarter defensive player. Like purely, he's lost a bit of his athleticism, but he's still like got that defensive player of the year like mindset. Like he has the intangibles and the knowledge that Drummond just didn't have. Like Drummond would just um, kind of be there, and I don't know. He just wasn't. He wasn't effective. I don't really know how else to describe it. Yeah, like, he's no impact. You know, yeah, like it's just yeah. like it's so weird. He's so big and he's so active, but he's just not doing anything positive. Like Dwight's was an he, Dwight is an actual lob threat, and like Drummond has the body and the skills to be a lob threat, but he just isn't. It seems like every time we would lob it up to him, he would just like either mishandle the ball or just wouldn't be aware that the pass was coming. Like as in, like it would just be silly or things. Out of position. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he just misses a bit of that IQ, unfortunately. Joey, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, I'm on the same wavelength as you. He's just. I'm not, I don't think he's a bad player, but like he's just not very effective and doesn't have much of an impact. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, we'll move on to plays to add. Joey, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, so I've got the point guard position that they need to find, and I know James is going to – he probably has the same player, but I had Kyle Lowry. He, he would have been that perfect piece for them. Um, Should have done it. Even last year with Ben, like it could have worked as well. But anyway, that's long gone now. Yeah, I don't have a specific player other than that. I actually, I actually had like a surprise for me, but I was thinking realistically this time. And Larry was realistically last year, but at the moment he's obviously moved on. But I actually had Brogdon, which you've already touched on, so don't need to talk about it more. But I think that he'd be a perfect fit. I had Dame and like De'Aaron Fox, which is like the ones that have still been talked about, and also James Harden last year. If that had gone to fruition, I think that would have been absolutely perfect. But you know. Long gone as well. Ceilings and basements. Ceiling, I have them as the first seed and reaching the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't see them beating the Bucks and Nets as currently constructed. Basement, I have them reaching the seventh seed. And I guess the thing with the play-in is, like, you could lose those play-in games. I don't think they would, but, like, you don't really know because it's, it's such a flip of the coin. What about you, Joey? Um, yeah, ceiling, it just, for me, it just depends what happens with the Ben Simmons situation. I, I don't... I don't want to predict what I think will happen with the ceiling. Um, floor is like Joel gets injured again. That's probably the one thing that can't happen for them because we've seen it so often. That, yeah, so that'd probably be like 7-8 seed and I don't even know if they'd make it over the first round without Joel either. Yeah, I've got them second round because I don't think if they don't get a good return for Simmons, I don't think their issue is half-court offense in the playoffs and I don't think that gets any better if they don't get a full general back. And then floor would be just, you know, toxic culture that Simmons doesn't come back they don't trade him and they just have a bad season so probably like 8th or 7th seed
Is it time? <laughs> I think it may be. <laughs> right. Curtis, um, you want to lead us into the next one? I yeah, may or may not be pretty excited to talk about this team. Okay, so our next team, the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors. I have them as the 11th best team in the East currently, um, but regular season, I think they could really fluctuate between like 8, 9, 10, 11. Like, it's really up for grabs. They brought in Scotty Barnes. Um, they drafted him, Goran Dragic. And they've also got a bunch of players like Isaac Bonga and like Savita Mikhailu, who were all kind of battling for those final roster spots. It hasn't really been finalized as of yet. But yeah, James, take us away. We're just going to be sitting here and listening. All right, I'll 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 try and keep it short and sweet, but we know that's not going to happen. Um, so I think I've got the Raptors as the ninth seed to finish ninth. So in that play in play in range, I don't actually think that they'll finish ninth because I know Masai and Bobby are really not keen on the play in. So if they're hovering around that that area, they'll probably just try and take like they did last year. But I think the bottom line with this team is. They're going to be a lot better than people think. Like they're going to surprise a lot of people, but I think the East also got much better too. So it's so even if you know they're severely improved compared to last year, it's going to be hard to gauge because you know Chicago got better. I mean New York think they got better. Celtics could look to bounce back. So it's you know it's you can't lock them into any sort. New York of, think they got better. Just yeah. seems, everyone else got better, and New York think they got better. I just want we'll to get, point we'll out get that shade. New York when we get there. <laughs> so all right, here's I'll launch into my sort of sort of notes. So I think that being back in Toronto with, with fans immediately will give the team a bit of a facelift, a bit more energy. I think the team, you know, the media was talking a lot last year about how we're playing 72 row games, which was excusing some of the, you know, bad performances we had. And now that we're returning home, it's not being talked about how we're going to get that, some of that back. So I think being booed at home last year and spending the entire week, year away from their families really didn't help. It was just, you could just tell right from the start, the tone in everyone's voice is like, they're all pretty depressed and just tired even at the start of the year. So that being said, it's a development year. I think last year was a bit of an anomaly, but they've never really been about tanking. Like last year was the first year in a long time since they've been competing that the team actively tanked. They don't do that. They're all about trying to win how they can, um, getting diamonds in the rough and developing them. It's never been about like it's winning in the G League, it's winning in the league. Last year was the first year to tank. And I think they're happy to sort of say, Let's forget about that. You know, there was a lot of different circumstances. So I think it's a very elite and versatile defensive roster. And I think with Nick Nurse, you'll be able to sort of create a lot of... He's a bit of a mad scientist and puts together a lot of like random lineups that just disrupt teams. So that will be fun to watch. But I also think that it really hurt them with the lack of offensive creation in the half courts. So I think a lot of the scoring is just going to come out of fast breaks and getting stops. I think it's worth talking about that they were fourth in the East last year before the All-Star break and before there was, there was COVID. And so, and that led to the team getting COVID and then wanting to tank. So I think that like, even when they were pretty bad and not competitive last year, they were still hanging around, you know, somewhat. But again, the East has gotten better. Mm. So like, I don't know if they'll be able to like, same level of production will equal the same seeding. I think Pascal had a slow start last year and some really bad luck when it came to some game winners. But overall, he actually had a pretty decent year towards the end. But that being said, he hasn't really had a proper season of off-season growth because he's had to rehab his shoulder. So again, he might t- have a bit of a slow start. And so, yeah, I think losing Larry, obviously the elephant in the room, will hurt and ultimately will be worse for it. But I think there's the guys are ready to step up and they'll fill that hole somewhat. And even in the last few years when Larry hasn't played, we've still had a decent record. So it's not like we can't win without him, but he obviously had a big impact on winning. And then I think I'm almost finished. It's worth talking about Scotty Barnes, about how he would fit right in, even in the limited preseason action we've seen so far. He's been hyping up the crowd, been making some big plays. He looks like massive. Like it's not, he doesn't look like he's a rookie that would need time to put on muscle or, you know, 
he's ready to contribute now. It doesn't mean he won't get better, but he's ready to sort of bang with the bigger wings and, and compete for rebounds and, you know. So I think that – and the crowd will love him. Like, I think having – I know it might not be this year, but when there we get those moments of Scotty in the playoffs and he does something cool in front of the crowd, like, that would just be wild because the crowd just love people that hustle. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but, like, Norm – I think it was 2016 when we played the Pacers. It was the first time Norm sort of like broke out of his shell and he led us back to this ridiculous comeback. And um, the crowd went nuts. And you just like never forget those moments. And I know Scotty's going to have a few of those. So I think the defensive potential with so many guys that are 6'7 or 6'8 above, there's OG, U, Pascal, Utah, Scotty, Delano, Precious, Boucher, and even Svi, I think is 6'7. I know he's not necessarily the greatest defender, but he did. There's no way he's 6'7. Apparently he no, is. It's V67, yeah. Yeah. Steve McKaylu. But again, yeah. that could be NBA boosted heights, whatever. Sure. But like, I think that there's just so much length and height on this team. And some of those guys aren't official yet, as Curtis mentioned before. They're still competing for roster spots um, at the time of recording this podcast. But the team has a lot of potential to just clamp up teams and surprise teams. But as the season goes on, people will figure out our defensive schemes and then we'll be really caught in the headlights with the limited amount of offense that we have. Like we're really just relying on Gary Trent and OG, especially right now to create a lot of offense. Fred's a good playmaker, but he struggles to create actual shots for himself that aren't three pointers. And Gary Trent has the tendency to just chuck up some really garbage contested shots. So I think we might go on some really long droughts of no scoring, but hopefully that's where the defense comes into play. So Boucher and, and Pascal are out at the start. They should be back some like mid November. I think Boucher has been too bad at back a bit sooner than that, which should mean that Scotty and Precious get to play with the starters, but also we probably will lose a fair few games at the start. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. I think mm-hmm. that they'll. I want them to be a play-in sort of seventh team. I think that's what they'll go for, even six. But as soon as they start to lose or get injured, major injuries, like they'll probably just tank again because the front office don't want to be in the play-in just for, to fight to verse Brooklyn and get smacked. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. What do you guys think? Is, is this outrageous? No, I think some, most of your points are pretty fair there, James. Um, you're pretty optimistic on them. I, I, I don't see why I you wouldn't be, be either. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Going back on Scotty Barnes and the wing players, I think the wing players for you guys are like are really interesting. You touched on them before. Watanabe, Barnes, Banton, OG, Pascal. So, am I missing anyone? Uh, like Trent, Precious isn't really a wing, but like, yeah, and even Gary. But Trent, they're like, like wing, like most of those they can players sort of are like, play a few. Yeah, they're wings that mm. can do a lot of things. Like they can, they can pass the ball, they can play defense, energy guys. Yeah. So uh, this is a bit of a wings tough that question. Can do a lot of things. Copyright that. that good. <laughs> um, we want the royalties, baby. <laughs> um, question for you, James. Um, if you had to cut two of them, who would they be? Oh, I don't know officially who's who's signed. Like, I'll just pull up the roster now. I know that um, there's a fair few players that can that are competing. Okay, out of out of out of Watanabe, OG, Barnes, Banton, and Bonga's on the roster as well. Uh, Bonga, Bonga, I, I'd cut. Like, I just is not really. He's so young still. I think he's like 20 still or yeah, 19 yeah. or something. Like ridiculous. He's been for a while. Yeah. But I just don't see. He's so slow for a point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, not a fan he's, of Bonga. I think he plays um, more. He's more of a small forward at this point, to be honest. I can tell you who I wouldn't keep. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, because even his playmaking's not that good. His marketing team has been very good to to Svee? portray that he's a point guard. No, I'd keep Svee. I, I really like him so far. I know you guys have been gone into being yes. a former Laker. Man. He has that. In, yeah, and like that instinctual 
ability to just know where the ball needs to go, whether it's him taking the shot or, or moving it along. I'd cut, like I know Decker's in contention, Sam Decker, I don't even Gosh. know if he's had that minutes yet. Don't want, him, don't want to see him on the team. I would probably also cut, uh, I mean, I need to like properly check who, who's signed and stuff, but there's there's a Ishmael Wainwright is okay, but he hasn't seen that much preseason minutes. I don't really know if he'll fit the team that well. And Bongus also someone that I wouldn't keep. I think Ban- Banton won't get that many minutes early on because he can't really shoot. Uh, I think he's going to play in the G League. But yeah, that is a good question. I definitely, but Barnes, OG, obviously, is safe. comes in. I love Watanabe. I want him to stay on the team. I think he's actually uh, not guaranteed yet. But like, I no, love he's not. He's, he's, he's playing for one of those spots. Yeah, I really hope he gets guaranteed. He's he's fantastic. Like he does everything right. That good shooter. He's looked really good in preseason too. So yeah, and he's had the Olympic experience in the off season, which which he was able to sort of get a bit more. Yeah, you know, you're the star reps rather than just being yeah. a role player, which matters because it gives him the, the thing with him is confidence. Like he shies away sometimes. It's like, and then he'll go and do it the next play. It's like you can do that every time. Like you know. So right. and I think he's going to have that confidence. And a lot of them have been going to a a night school shooting classes with Nick Nurse, a lot of the wings that uh, aren't known for being shooters. So they're really going hard at trying to develop their catch-and-shoot game. So I think it'll be... It's it's not a, a season with expectations, but there's a lot to be excited about because they've pivoted quite well whilst still being exciting and good to watch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have one question for you. Certainly. Because um, I genuinely like don't know the answer to this. Like, Is Fred Van Vliet a point guard or a shooting guard? He's... Best, I think I was talking to Joey about this the other day. He's best as an off guard, so almost a shooting guard. But given his height, that gets messy with some lineups. But Fred is actually yep. a fantastic defender, which a lot of people don't know if they don't watch Raptors. Even last year, he gets a lot of like blocks that are actually steals because someone will try and go up and he'll just rip it off them like when they try to shoot. Yeah, and they count it as blocks for some reason. So he gets a lot of blocks and steals. So, but on the offensive end. Fred has a bit of a tendency to over-dribble. Like, he'll he'll go in, and if it doesn't work, instead of sort of giving it off to someone else, he'll pull it back out and then call for another screen. And that can lead to, like, shot clock violations if he can't get a yep. shot off, or also very tough layups. So he is really... His catch-and-shoot is so money, and it's it's much better than off the dribble. So he was really good in that role with Lowry as a 1-2. So I, it'll be interesting to see whether they play Dragic with him, or even... Yeah, because, yeah, like, it's a good question. I actually... I think he is better as a shooting guard, but his playmaking shown that it's getting better and better. So, because he and does want to score. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause like Larry's a bigger guard as well. So, it really would have helped with like on that defensive side of the ball, like having someone who can guard the twos and like they can, they can mix and match it a little bit, you know? Yeah. It worked quite well. It was a good one yeah. too. So, yeah. But like pretty undersized. But they were both like, like you even watch if you, if you watch them play, and then people try and post them up. They're almost like surprised about how they can't move Fred or Kyle because they're just like holding their ground and then. They have to kick it back out. So, yeah, I think Fred's just he he's ha- he's sort of the leader, and it'll be interesting to see whether that which way that goes. So, because yeah. talking the other day, he's won at every level, like you know, high school, college, G League, and and NBA. So he said last year sucked because they weren't winning, and so he wants to make sure that, that doesn't happen again. So hmm. we'll see. Joe, you have any other questions? I have no more questions. I I agree with. Oh, I'm not as optimistic as James, but I have you guys at the 11th seed. Like, I would not be surprised if you guys, like, you know, finished seventh or something. It's kind of like a new team, and it's fairly young. Yeah, I guess you've covered everything else. But, yeah, that's just, yeah, the the East has definitely gotten better, so. Well, in that case, we'll move on to players to add. Um, James, I'll let you go first on this one. 
I think we it's very unrealistic, but I want and I wanted him on the team last year, Bradley Beal, because I think that that's what we're missing is just a pure scorer who can create his own shot. So yeah, 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 okay, Joey. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you, James. I reckon you guys are one piece away from like being in the playoffs again, pretty much, like guaranteed. Um, my play to add is Sabonis, because um, like, yeah, I'm not sure how your center position's gonna go. And he's a pretty versatile big, so yeah, got him in. Yeah, yeah it's like Ken Birch and Boucher. Mm. It's very small. Yeah. We have a very small like front court this year. We don't have anyone over seven foot, I don't think. Which so that we, being said, Sabonis isn't super. No, good, no, he's but, not. But he's more versatile. He's all, he's kind of bigger too. Oh, you just you just yeah yeah. He can I, bang down low. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess I was kind of going down that same vein because I was thinking that, yeah, Fred VanVleet is a shooting guard, so I'd want to give you guys a new point guard. And I thought it wouldn't have been bad to have a gamble on Dennis Schroeder, to be honest. Um, because we'll get to that a bit later when we talk about Boston, but I think there's a genuine player in there. And for the money that they're paying him, it's, like, ridiculous that other teams didn't just at least have a crack at it because it's, like, such a, you know, low-risk situation. But, yeah, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, that's fair. Ceiling basement. I completely agree. I think you can definitely sneak into the play-in be a seven or eight seed and lose, but you'd lose in the first round. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so it's like, um, is there a point to doing that? And if yes. there's not, do you yeah. just tank, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Joey? Um, yeah. Ceiling wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Pascal comes back and you guys get the ball rolling a bit, make it into the playoffs first round again. Yeah. I've got him. Ceiling would be first, first round competitive series and we, and it's an exit and floor would be 12th. You know, mm. it just doesn't go well, but I just can't see us being bottom, worse than the bottom three that I have my standings. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the Boston Celtics. Uh, Boston, I have them ranked as the sixth best team in the East, um, with the Philly Sixers above them and the Chicago Bulls below them at seven. And I think in the regular season, that I reckon they'll end around that sixth seed as well. In terms of who they brought in, um, Dennis Schroeder and Ennis Cantor. And they've lost Tristan Thompson and Semi Ojale. And they've also brought in a new coach, Ime Udoka. That's uh, probably another important thing to note. But I will pass on to Joey. What do you reckon? Yeah, so I'm, I know this sounds pretty bad as a Lakers fan, but I'm extremely hyped for Boston. Um, I think they're going to finish fifth in the regular season. And the whole point guard situation now is over with like Kyrie, Kemba, that, you know, like they, they were very cluttered when they had like Gordon Haywood. And it's very clear now that. You know, their two best players are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, I just wanted to say also, Jalen Brown, I think, is like one of the most slept on players in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Like, no one talks about him enough. He's legitimately, like, I think just as good as Jason Tatum on the, as a scorer. Not not all around, but I think he's, like, he could average 24 points a game if he wanted to. Um, he's I think he did last year. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, he had 25 yeah, he's last just, year. Like he, I, I still, I think he's ridiculous. Um, but no one, no one ever talks about him. Um, yeah. And then also, with the point guard, um, with the point guards like spot opening up, they brought in Schroeder. Um, I'm not, I don't think he's starting over Marcus Smart. And also, I think like this is like a perfect time for Smart to have that opportunity to run the point guard, um, and see what he has because he's been there for so long and. He's shown flashes of being able to play, making stuff, but I reckon this year could be the year that he like takes a step forward. Uh, what do you think, James? Um, I'm I 
look, as a Raptors fan, we don't really have a rival, but it has kind of been Boston, and I don't really like them. So this is a bit of a subjective take, but I've got them at seventh because I think, like, and that's that's they've just had a they've had some weird struggles. I think, like you said, like they've had some sort of like fit problems, and now that there is the clear um, sort of hierarchy, because not that Kemba was like taking shots away from the others, but like. Kemba does have that sort of star status and he trailed off a little bit, but like there's sort of, you know that you got to get your shots and then Brown and Tatum got to get the shots where at least now like Schroeder should know that. I mean, he's a bit of a Lakers, but like he's got to give the ball up for the others. But I just think that like, I need to see it from Boston. I need to see them be conf- confident and competent for a long enough time before I put them higher. Um, I think Richardson and Schroeder were decent pickups, but like I don't know if they necessarily move the needle in the stacked East compared to what like you know Chicago got. Um, I think they have decent depth, but like still relying on like unproven or young players off the bench. Um, you know, like with Pritchard and Langford to get sort of decent minutes. Nee Smith, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, good. I like him. I don't, uh, I, anyway. I don't watch enough. I don't watch enough Celtics, but I actually do really agree with your point on Jalen Brown. Every time I watch Boston. Um, he goes off. Like, he's just as impactful as Tatum in the games mm-hmm. that I watch. Um, and I think in the today's NBA, to win at the highest level, you need a wing that can play on both ends and can shoot. And Boston have two of them. So I think that that's got to count for something. And I don't think that they don't play well together. I think they do play well together. I just think for Boston, it's always been external problems. Um, you know, not necessarily like on the on-court production. It just seems like you know, when Kyra was there, the locker room was bad. Um, when Kemba was there, he was sort of injured. Like, it hasn't necessarily been the on-court product hasn't been good um, or that the roster hasn't been good. So maybe they put it together this year. Um, and Robert Williams is poised to sort of have that. Um, do you think he'll start over Horford? Yeah, I think that's so. the game plan. Yeah, because yeah. I think he's ready for more of a, uh, like, a bigger role. And every time I watch them, he's awesome. Um but, yeah, the responsibility is heavily on Tatum and Brown's shoulders. Like, it's clearly yep. their team now. Um, they're almost the most experienced people on the roster now besides Horford. But, you know, he's he's also, except at this point, he's not the, being a creator at any point anyway, but he's not going to get in the way. Um, so the talent's there for the, this team, but they just need to put it together. And that's why I have a bit lower, because I just need to see them put it together consistently with the hierarchy that they have at the moment. So, yeah, that's where I am. Right. I'm just pretty much going to echo what you guys said because, like, I 100% agree that, like, Tatum and Jalen are just, like, two of the best like, young wings in the league. Like, I want to see Tatum kind of enter that MVP conversation yeah. this year. Like, I don't know if he will, but it's, like, I, and I don't think he's a genuine chance to actually win the award at all. But, like, I want to I see him in that conversation, like, be in that top five, top six or whatever. Um, and, like, kind of as we've alluded to in the past, like, the Olympic experience, like, means something. You know, we don't, we can't, it's not, like, quantifiable. But, like, going to the Olympics and being around everyone means something. Um, and hopefully what it means for him is that, like, because he, he, had, he had episodes last year where he could just, like, go for 40. Like, he has some ridiculous shot-making ability. Um, and when it's going, he, he can score as much as he wants. But I think the biggest thing with him is that he settles consistently for tough jumpers when he could go to the rim. So I want to see him consistently like impose his rim, um, sorry, impose his will and attack the rim, um, rather than making life harder for himself. And then, in addition to that, right, like because last year he had averaged like twenty six, seven and four, um, seven rebounds, four assists. Like I'd want to see him aim for like twenty eight points, eight rebounds, five assists, but like go from five 
free throw attempts per game last year to like six yeah. or seven this year. Like lift that, get yourself easy points, get to the line. He he shoots like eighty five percent from the line. Like he shoots really well from the line. Like get to the line, makes get get some easy points. Um, and like the exact same thing with Jalen as well. Like the thing with Jalen is, I think he's such like he's um it's probably well documented, but he's like one of the smartest players in the NBA. Like as in, in terms of not only basketball like you, but like as a person, like he's a genius. He's a really smart person um, who absorbs information really well. Um, in the past, like he was working out with like Tracy McGrady and stuff in the off season. And I like, it went a long way in terms of him developing his handle, developing his pull-up game. Um, Cause he was always like a good athletic attacker and a good defender, but like he's developed that inside out game and that three level scoring. And yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you, Joey. Like he's so underrated, but he's a, he's a gem. Yeah. And then, like, every year he's gotten so much better. Like, yeah. um, two years ago he was, like, 20 points a game. Last year he's 25. Like, I'd love to see him, like, hit that 27 as well. Like, if him and Tatum can be, like, genuine studs like that, like, it'd be huge. And I think he shot – I don't know what how good he was from three last year, Jalen, but, like, he took seven threes a game, and he was, like, pretty decent efficiency, like, around probably 38% or something. So, like, I, yeah, I agree. Like, these guys could be so good. And not only that, like, they, they have the – um. The one thing that a lot of NBA teams don't have anymore, like their roster is consistently the same. Like as in the, like the fringes have changed, but like their core has been the same for like six years now. Yeah. Um, ever since they got like Brown and Tatum, like they've had the same core and it's been built around that. Um, and like they are the key pieces and like, you know, Brad Stevens is still there, albeit in a different role, but like the framework is the same. And that, I think that once again counts for something. Like when you've got the Lakers who are mixing and matching players every every season like these guys know each other like smart brown and tatum know each other like horford's back um rob williams has been around the whole time like ennis Kant is back he's i don't know why he's been in and out of that team like multiple times um and like yeah now they've got like the young guys like Peyton, uh, peyton pritchard and like neesmith and like grant williams like romeo langford like they've been around the block and they know each other uh, so it's gonna be huge cool 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 um also i think they're built um defensively like really well um i think they're low-key like underrated they're going to be like underrated on defense as well like they brought in richardson and he's going to complement like playing minutes with smart they've got like yeah jalen brown he's i'd say jalen brown's a very good defender um even at his young age they've got rob williams paint protection um so yeah i think they're just a well-rounded roster and juan tohan and gomez as well (laughs) lockdown baby He's a lock. Clamps. <laughs> um, I guess one more thing that I want to say is I kind of addressed it before the break um, with the previous team, but like Dennis Schroeder, like I think he's going to be so good for them. Um, and Mike talked about this as well when we had him on for our Josh Gideon interview and he was talking about the Celtics. But like Schroeder is going to be so, so good. Like at $8 million a year, it's a ridiculous steal. Like he was, he warranted that 20 mil contract that he turned down, which he shouldn't have turned down for. Besides the point. But, like, he's someone that can come in, be a spark plug. He's a very good perimeter defender. Um, he can, like, run your offense. He's not a good shooter, but he's a decent mid-range shooter. Um, and he aggressively attacks the hoop and then can make plays out of that, even though he's not a great finisher at the hoop, I don't think. Um, I'm not sure about – I haven't, like, looked at the statistics, but, like, from the eye test, he never really, like, finished that many plays. But, like, from there, he's able to break down the first line of defense and make – plays for others like he's a good point guard and at eight million a year it's like an absolute no-brainer if it was between him and Kemba at this point I like would genuinely consider Schroeder because yeah I think he just offers a lot and I think he's going to be really really good for them so we'll move on to players to add James do you want to kick us off with that one then 
They're kind of like an interesting team because as low as I am on them, I feel like that they don't really have an immediate weakness. I think that it might be their bench um, because there's not a lot of depth and the guys that are on there are pretty young. Um, But I'd say like, I think that they could really benefit from, and I know Orford can potentially provide this, but I don't know if he's sort of passed his um, use-by date in that sense. But I think that he's getting a lot of love on this podcast. Miles Turner would be a really good fit uh, at the starting centre because he can just space the floor and also protect the room, doesn't need the ball. Um, I know that Robert Williams is also a leap room protector, but he can't really like stretch the floor on the other end. So mm-hmm. I think that yeah. Miles Turner could take him from like, you know, hey, we can sort of lead that guy to, oh, my God, we can't guide anyone in this team. So, yeah, it's funny because there are only like four players, like four or five players in the league that offer that skill set. Oh, there'd be more, sorry, but like, you know, it's like uh, Turner, Jaron Jackson, like Anthony Davis, like Cat. Like it used to be Paul Zingas. Probably still is Paul Zingas, actually. I, I feel like Turner's the only one that's kind of gettable, but also I think yeah. the idea of Turner is better than what he is. Like, I mean, I don't know if there's any yeah. fans that listen to this podcast, but I don't think that they're as high on him as we would be. And I also think I, every time I see that being brought up, Pacers fans want them to move Sabonis yeah. or Turner because they don't play well together. So it's, maybe yeah. we rate the idea of him higher, but um, I don't know. he's good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's an Andre Drummond level of stats, but I don't know. Yeah. There's a reason they've been shopping him for two years. Yeah. Uh, Joey? Uh, yeah. So I'm kind of on the same center, center page. This guy's like pretty... <laughs> It's probably not a very good pick, but I said Kelly Olynyk. Bring him oh, back. What do you mean? Um, no, Kelly's actually a decent player. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Nah. Um, well, for me, because I was looking at their lineup, so you got like smart at point guard, Brown shooting guard, Tatum. They've been starting Hernan Gomez in the preseason, and then Rob Williams. Um, so I wanted to add a power forward, and I thought um, a good one would be Royce O'Neal. Um, I, I think ideally you want someone who can shoot quite well and defend. And be like a swing defender. Um, but then I also thought, like, why don't they go after Ben Simmons? Obviously not a shooter, but, like, it could be a lot of fun. Like, because I... Defense would be wild. I Yeah, I'm unsure about Smart's playmaking ability. I think he's, like, especially the last few years, he's been, like, relegated to, like, essentially playing shooting guard. And I think, like, he's quite good in that role. He's a decent shooter. He makes, like, smart passes. But I don't know if he's, like, a floor general. He, like, I'm happy to have him prove me wrong. Um, yeah, I'm the same with you there. Every time I watch the Celtics, like, it sort of looks like it's not natural when he's playmaking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think, like, if you add in Simmons, like, once again, we've said it many times that Simmons isn't, like, a point guard, but it's, like, maybe combining all that together, you have enough good passes that you don't need, like, a point guard, point guard. Um, but, yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yep. Ceiling and basement, I've got them as the third and fourth seed at the, as their ceiling, and they could potentially reach the conference finals if, you know, Tatum takes a leap. And they've got, like, a nice favourable playoff lineup where they kind of, like, avoid the Bucks and Nets early on. Um, and then they just have to... I mean, I think they'd have a better chance of beating the Bucks than the Nets, but um, it still would be quite tough. And then Basement, I had them as a play-in team and eliminated in the first round. Joey? Yeah, ceiling, I have them making the conference finals. Um, I really think they're going to be, like, one of the teams that surprises quite a few people this year. Mm. Um, and then Floor, yeah. I have them first round. They should make the playoffs. I have their ceiling at conference finals, but like not competitive. Like they get there and then they get beaten by Brooklyn or um, the Bucks yeah. pretty easily. Uh, and then I've got their floor as pretty much like play in. Because like last year, were they six? 
was sixth seed. I think that was mm-hmm. sixth seed. They just escaped the plane. Yeah. And I think that, that team has too much talent to be hanging around that, that, um, you know, see. But that's why I've got them where I had them at seventh because I also need them to prove it to me that they are as good as they are on paper. Okay, we'll move on to the New York Knicks. Um, I have them ranked as the eighth best team in the East, um, and I think they'll also probably finish in that eighth seed as well. In terms of uh, big additions, they brought in Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. James, what do you think about the Knicks? Uh, I mean, they should be better. I think that, like, last year, I, I personally think was a bit of a fluke for them. I think that they found a, their defense was great, and that's the hallmark of a team that's not a fluke. Because when you can hold down the fort until your offense comes around, that's good. But when it came to the playoffs, they did not look like they knew what they were doing. And I know that it was Randall's first time as the man, really. But he had a fantastic season. And he just looked like he was lost in the playoffs. Like, he was, like, timid. He was second-guessing everything he was doing. He was turning it over. He was taking, like, deep step-back twos rather than, like, his usual sort of threes. He wasn't really getting to the ring. And it was almost like they'd figured out... Because he was a bit of like a, a hub for them. Like he had some a lot of high assist games. They played through him a lot because he's sort of a bit of a force in the post. And you have to sort of double. And if you send a double, he's good at kicking it out. But they couldn't get anything going. And they just, it's sort of all stalled. So I think they've got Kemba and Fournier to address when Randall can't dominate. And there's a bit of offensive creation there. But I don't know, like, I don't trust the Knicks. Like they're kind of like, it's ingrained in me to think that they'll just sort of flop crumble yeah Yeah, yeah. like you know i think but like that being said if your defense is good it takes your places and they clearly addressed what they thought was wrong it was a bit sad to see nick's fans really um give up on randall after the season they had last year but we'll see we'll see if he's worked on the fact that he knows he's going to get double and he needs to be ready to pass out of that but he's got better you know like so yeah i'm not super high on them i've got him at that seat because um, you could see that happen where, like, like remember, like, Lillard had the same thing against the Pelicans where he got doubled and couldn't deal with it, blah, blah, blah. Like, if that can happen with Randall where he can kind of lift that um, aspect of his game, like, he'd be fantastic. Difference. Good players yeah. will find that way to, to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Joey? Um, yeah, so just, like, touching on Randall, James, um, I saw an interview with Randall. He said, like, like, he's accepted, like, he had a poor playoff performance last year, but... He, he said he wanted to be so good in the... Like, he wanted to be such a good player. So I feel like that led him to forcing things, almost. Um, I think just he was trying exactly to, like, that. prove himself yeah. as being, like, such a good player and like he that he was throughout head. the regular season. So I think he'll learn from that. In terms of the whole team, though, um, yeah, so I have them the eight, as the eighth seed. And I feel like they, they are that team that, yeah, could could potentially, like, drop out of the playoffs in those in the East because, like, everyone else is getting better, like you said. So yeah, I, once again, I find them like really hard to evaluate, and I'm I'm pretty keen to see how Camber goes. I I definitely agree with you guys. I like I think it's so hard to see where they're gonna go, especially because like Camber as well. Like there's that whole thing that I don't know if this is confirmed, but there was like a rumor that he'd been like diagnosed with like degenerative knees. Like he had like a like a a chronic knee issue, and like as in fingers crossed that that's like not the case, and he's able to like you know fully recover and and get back to his best. But like. Yeah, it's tough because, like, all things considered, though, like, it's the right thing to do signing him because, like, once he was bought out by OKC, it's the perfect low-risk play. Like, just like we were saying with Schroeder, like, signing him for, for like, $8 million, like, he's the hometown kid, like, a great story, like, all the, like, sentimental value with that, plus he's a former All-Star, so, like, if he can kick on, you got an All-Star level player, like, and that's exactly the, the yep. position which he needed 
like a spark in. And I guess a similar aspect with like Evan Fournier, like he does offer what they need. Like they needed someone who can like go and create their, his own shot. Um, and like, you know, in a, in a way create for others as well. Like you could see what he did for France. Like he showed out, he was, he had a, a great tournament in the Olympics. And like for years, he's kind of been like miscast as this like leading man, like in Orlando, like it was like you know, him, Vooch and like Aaron Gordon, like besides Vooch, like those other two kind of had like a, roles that were like a little bit too big for what their like skill set entailed. And now hopefully like with, you know, guys like Kemba around, with Randall around, with, you know, RJ Barrett, Fournier can kind of like slot into that like third or fourth guy role and just really thrive. That's like mm-hmm. the hope, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess on Barrett as well, like I'm hoping we see another step from him because like his rookie year, he was uh, like, don't be harsh, but like poor, very poor. Um, he was very inefficient, like didn't make good decisions, very turnover prone, things like that. But like the thing is, in the same way that, like, hopefully, like, he can trend, like, a Jalen Brown, but, like, he's shown progression. Like, last year, he was much, much better, and he, like, reached that 40% three-point shooting mark. He sh- took, like, four attempts a game. I guess we just want to say, like, is that for real? Like, is that a genuine improvement, or was it, like, a fluke year? And, like, he was better from the line as well. I think in his rookie, he was, at, like, in, his, in the 60% mark um, from the line, and last year, he was at 74, which still isn't good, but we want to hopefully see if he can get that up to, like, the 80% mark, which would be a huge improvement. But yeah, like there's there's room for these guys to grow, um, and they're not. Yeah, but once again, as James has said, like the East, especially like at that like eight to twelve range, like we got like the Pacers, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Raptors, like all those teams could go and unseat the Knicks, and yeah, we will just have to see what happens. Because this team's better on paper than they were last year, but we're talking about them as being an eight seed when they finished fourth last year, and I think that just yeah. says how much better the East has gotten. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, and you take the bulls much, over these much, guys now. Yeah, yeah, and how much we might think that New York maybe are kind of capped out. You know what I mean? Like, and that, not to say their season last year was a fluke, but I think that, like, that, that might have been the best that this team yeah. could have done. And so the hope is that Canberra and Fournier, like, inject a bit more offense. So, yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, we'll quickly revisit a previous hot take from, from Joey. Obi <laughs> yes. Toppin's still on the roster. So, uh, what do you have to say? I have nothing to say. <laughs> just watch and learn ladies and gents <laughs> oh my god no nah, in, in fantasy wouldn't have been dropped in the last month since no. we made that case but just to remind the viewers that we have that hanging in the background <laughs> players to add joey um i don't have a specific player to add so i've thrown it back to um bring back prime jr smith um <laughs> just get some buckets in, in, in yep. you know excite the crowd the garden yeah. will be lit too, like it needs yeah. to be said. When they, if they can get to full capacity, he'd be the Mate, perfect player. Just, wait, uh, I'm sure there'll be one game where Kemba drops like 40 points or something, and the the Madison Square Garden will just erupt. So crazy. Yeah. yeah. I have said, and it's probably not not realistic, but I think that they could use like a a scoring wing. I mean, who couldn't at this point? But Michael Porter Jr. I've got down as uh someone to just give him a bit more scoring punch. Oh, as we alluded to in our previous episode, like if he gets a bit upset at losing, you know, his <laughs> number two role and he requests yeah. a trade, New York, here we go. Here we go, because that's the perfect place for someone with a big ego. So, <laughs> um, I love shades, it. Of, shades of Stefan Marbury. Players to add for me, I, you know, once again, these aren't particularly realistic, but I know for certain these are guys that they're targeting. So, like Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal, but like those are the kind of caliber of guys that, like, you know, better than Randall, but they can, like, truly lift the ceiling of this team. And I think that's who they're trying to go for. Like, they're kind of biding their time to try and go for that like top-tier star that yeah. can accelerate them in their timeline. And, yeah, those are two that I know they're definitely going for. Ceiling and basement, 
I've got their ceiling as fifth seed. Like, it would, yeah, once again, like, you know, a season hinging on their defense. Um, but they're still probably out in the first round, if I'm being honest. And basement playing competitors and, you know, things fall poorly and they fall out of the playoffs, you know, losing to the Wizards or like the Pacers or something. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Doesn't Don't need to say anything more. But I, I quick question. Do you think they trade like Randall in a heartbeat to get Lillard? Yes. Yeah, yeah they would. Yeah, like, 100%. Even... Like they, they, like it would never be that straight up. I'm just trying to think. Like he, like, like I don't know the connection he was because he brought them out of like being shit, you know. And then like, but they'd ship him off as soon as. But they there's could. no player loyalty in the NBA anymore. I know, I know. I, like, <laughs> nah. Randall like, was he was special last year until the playoffs for them. Yeah, like if you could deal like Randall and Kemba for like Lillard and like one of Nance or like Roko or something, like done. Because I think that that team, if you get Lillard, is still pretty bad like if real yeah. goes like oh, that's God, still no, need to wait yeah. for them yeah. to yeah. get more you know and i don't think they have enough yeah. to trade up to be contenders too yeah, plus yeah. imagine if they did all that and then lost to brooklyn like <laughs> oh, the new york God. fans would be livid so it's yeah. still i think a few years away what yeah. do you think joey ceiling for yeah it's same as you was <laughs> yeah yeah yep. pretty cut and dry with them yeah yep. yeah okay i guess the final team of the Atlantic Division, the uh, New Jersey, no, I was New Jersey Nets. <laughs> Throw on it way this. back. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets, I have them as the best team in the East and also the best team in the league. I think all all cards on table, everyone's staying healthy. Um, but I do think they'll finish some probably with like the second seed or the third seed in the regular season because I think they will take it a bit easy, um, and they will probably suffer a few niggles here and there, and they'll need to rest some players that they brought in. Paddy Mills, Paul Millsap, Cam Thomas they drafted, James Johnson, and technically LaMarcus Aldridge, even though he was around last year. Um, they've lost Jeff Green, Landry Shamit, Timothy Luawu Cabarro, DeAndre Jordan, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Joey? Yeah, so with the Nets, I think it's just clear to see on paper they are definitely, um, they should be the favourites. They have the most talent. Their depth is incredible. You know, they go 12, 12 deep almost, like with like solid contributions from all of those players. Then you look at the top end talent, and it's like it speaks for itself. Like it's just like the, their offense, offensive capacity is like literally, uh, it's, it's unmatched throughout the league. So I don't see like any scenario, even if like you know one of like two, one or two, even two of the big three rest, like they're still going to be an excellent team. Yeah, that that's spot on. Like this team is absolute force to be reckoned with. Like they're so stacked, they just have to play. You know, it's scary. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's theirs to lose. Like really, like the pressure is all on them to to like getting Paddy Mills off the bench is just unfair. Like if he's mm. in, if he plays, because I sort of think like almost as, not the Spurs didn't hold Paddy back, but I think if Paddy's given the real green light to just take the shots that he wants, not within the system necessarily, I think he could be could be really good, as we've seen in the in the uh, Boomers games. So um, I think they also got a, a good veteran depth. You know, they got James Johnson and Bembry, who are also sort of like not bruisers. Well, James Johnson is, but they bit of experience here and there, and they're probably ready to just commit to a role and, and help a team win. So, yeah, it's just a matter of health for these guys, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with that. Like, it's two-thirds health, one-third is Kyrie. Let's talk about <laughs> what the fuck is going on with Kyrie Irving. Well, my like... player to add is vaccinated Kyrie Irving. So. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. Um, because, like, at this point, in t- like, by the time this episode re- is released, he may have been vaccinated, and you may be able to skip ahead, like, two minutes or something. But at this point in time, he's set to miss 
all practices, all home games. And I think I'm not sure what would happen if he goes to San Francisco either, because that's another place that has a mandate in place. But like at this point, like he is almost like without a doubt the most stressful and the most frustrating player to have on your team. Like I would much rather, like despite all as a Lakers fan, despite all like the deficiencies, like that Russ has as like a fit and all, et cetera, et cetera. Like I would much rather have Russ than Kyrie right now because I know Russ is going to be there and he's going to play hard. Kyrie, he's such a good player, but he just like seems to want to operate out like as in he, just he wants his independence. Yeah, like something. he's just toxic. He is toxic. Like, there's nothing wrong at all with wanting to do what you want to do. But, yeah, like, at some point, you have to sacrifice for the betterment of your team and sacrifice for the well-being of others. And, like, I just don't understand why he isn't... It seems like he has like his head in the clouds all the yeah. time. And, like, I think we talked about this. Do you think that, like, for a lot of the players, like, Beal's kind of the same, not in the same way, but especially with the vaccine, do you think that if they weren't as successful as they have been, like, if they were a player that was trying to get into the league and they didn't have all the money and the big contracts, they'd hold this same level of looking into like you know their own research and all sort of stuff because they feel like if you're trying to get into the league and you haven't made your money you're not yeah they're in a different position of privilege yeah Yeah, i think it comes from that i honestly think it does come from having so much money and having so much time i i do these weird views i i personally think that beal maybe wouldn't be as vocal but i think Kyrie still will will would be Given the way he's like the way he speaks about things in general, like he does come off as a very like well-read person who like does, does investigate. Like he he's very articulate, he very really well-read. Well, yeah. But it's just like also there's just like a bit of logic missing and a bit of like I don't know I don't want to say empathy because it's like he he donates a lot and he like supports his community and like he's like objectively like a very good person as well. But like I yeah. think also like we don't want to get too deep into this, but like there's a space where like if you're someone with the profile of like Kyrie and even like LeBron is guilty of this as well. Like when he supported that like the thing that draymond said which was completely like i just like a misnomer like in terms of like how you want to describe the importance of being vaccinated but like they just like you have a responsibility to 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 advocate and to support the right messaging in terms of just like preventing people from getting sick and saving lives and you are free to do what you want but at some point like in this case as well like you're hurting your team like if if you want to put aside like the livelihoods and like health of other people like sure fine but like you're still hurting your team as well. That's a fact. Like, if you can't practice, like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't play all your home games. Like, what are Availability, you going to do? Availability, man. It's like... <laughs> yeah. The best. Like, I, like KD would, would be so pissed right now, I reckon. Like, I mean, he's, he's under the impression that Kyrie's going to be playing. Yeah. I saw today that they sent out their, like, you know, emails to, to people to get them to do the season tickets, and Irving's not on the, like, promotional, like, banner for home tickets, which mm. says to me that there's just no confidence you know, because yeah, okay. he's you'd slap him on the marketing if you could. Yeah, so. yeah. Look, I I think it's just an overall very like unfortunate situation. I mean, I just wanted to ask you guys like, if he were to come out and say I'm not getting vaccinated for the rest of the season, like I'm going to miss half the games, over half the games. Does that put them in a position to do like look? You trade him? Do, yeah, do something with him, or is that too far out of the question? I don't know. You can trade him because he said that thing where he's like, if I go anywhere, I'm just going to retire. And, like, that's a threat what? that's real. Did he say yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said if you trade him anywhere, he's just going to retire. I mean, he doesn't want to play anywhere but Brooklyn. And, like, that's, and that's like, genuinely something that he would do. I don't know how I missed that. that. Which is why, like, because there was talk about trading him for Ben Simmons. And he was kind of just like, nope, don't do it. Because, like, well, why would Philly do that if they're not actually getting an asset in return? Yeah, because they've takes, definitely... Like, all got... the leverage. Yeah. 
it's 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 a very tricky situation. Like if they um, blow their chance for a championship because of this, that that whole team's got to be quite annoyed, especially if he's the only one that's not vaccinated. Quite annoyed. It's an quite. understatement. <laughs> I keeping it keeping it PG. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> pissed. <laughs> and all Nets fans as well. Like like no offense to net the Nets, but like they haven't had the greatest history. Like they haven't done too much for for a while now. I don't think. Like like no. besides. They went to the finals with Jason Kidd and Vince Carter. They had their big four with like Deron Williams, but that like fully blew up in their face. They're better their entire future on this team too. Like they've got no picks or anything. So, and it was a good gamble. Like you make that gamble ten times out of ten because of the talent that you have in your team, and then it's been proven how easy it is just to fill the fringes with guys like Paddy Mills and like Nick Claxton and like Millsap and whatever. But like, yeah, it is a mess. And like honestly, like I I do hope they can sort it out because. Like Kyrie, he's a good player, and I think it would just be good for the league if he's not just like as yeah. It's just like another story that doesn't need to exist. I think. Yep, nail on the head there. Uh, I guess moving on, one more thing about Patty Mills. Like I think he, it's perfect. It's actually like the perfect. Well, yeah, moving on to something more positive. Like it is the perfect spot for him because like he thrives. Like he's like that Steph car. He's like genuinely like Steph in the way that he just like runs like a thousand kilometers in a game, just like around picks and around picks and around picks. And then, like, he doesn't need to hold the ball, which is perfect because the other three stars want the ball. And he can just come off and shoot wide open jumpers all day long. So I think he's just going to thrive in that. What do you guys think about Nick Claxton? I think he's unproven still. I know he, he had, like, glimpses last year where he looks like, you know, he could potentially be this. Is he going to start this year? That's a good question. Who else would start? Maybe, like, like Blake. Blake. Yeah. I, I have a feeling he will start. I have a Who hunt. started last year? Blake. It was Blake, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. Blake started at the five. Yeah, true. And then, like, half the time, like, even, like, wasn't KD in the jump? Oh, yeah. Geez. Yeah. They were an interesting team, the yeah. way they run their lineups. I think yeah, that's like, the, part yeah. of the point guard. Kari's the shooting guard. KD just is the everything. Blake is just, like, a repurposed stretch what big. what you need. Yeah. Yeah, who hustles and makes good passes. Is that their only gla- glaring weakness, is their center position? Yeah, I'll get to that in my player to add, but yeah. I think so. For how they play, it's almost not even a weakness, though. Like, but it's more guarding, like those mat, like yeah. those seven footers. Like when you yeah. play the Lakers, like it's well, such an inverse. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's the one thing that they can't really stop because they don't have like an elite rim protector. That's which is why I was kind of talking about Claxton. Like, I don't know what he can develop into, but you know, leaving like with DeAndre Jordan leaving, even though DeAndre didn't really play that many minutes, it seems like the pathway is a little bit clearer for him to actually get some time on the court. They'll have to give him a look. Like, they'll have they to see to, what they've yeah. got. Yeah, for sure. And also Cam Thomas as well. He's looking like a real bro, steal. It's a bucket, bro. Yeah, what is going if, on? Like, if he was on any other team, he'd be getting mad minutes, I reckon. Yeah. Like, this should be illegal. Can I... Yeah. <laughs> no. This guy's not, jealous. Yeah. Didn't get enough free agents. <laughs> uh, I'm not happy with our 10 free agents. I wanted the, I wanted Cam Thomas as well. Nah, still don't like, know how you sign Malik Monk. Like, still don't understand. Yeah. Like, some, Starting youngins for the for the minimum. Some wizardry, like, some Rob yeah. Palinka wizardry. Uh, anyway, let, let's let's leave that there. But yeah, Cam Thomas, really excited to see what he can do this year. And like, as we mentioned before, like, <laughs> I just want to like read out some names. Like their depth is insane. So like Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, Paul Millsap, James Johnson, Nick Claxton, Bruce Brown. That is eleven players. And that doesn't even count, like, Cam Thomas and, like... Oh, didn't they? They drafted someone else as well. Um, 
We but need yeah, to like, get a finals of them and the Lakers healthy. We just have to. We need to see it. Yeah. It's like on one end, you've got like Brooklyn, like the ultimate like shot creating team, perimeter shooting, like all like every single level of scoring you've got. And then on the other end, you've got like the Lakers who are very much would be like the bruising, like inside presence, like dominating inside with size. And like, yeah, That's who wins out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I think Lakers, even though like personnel wise, we've taken a step back with defense, but like they'd represent the defensive side of things. It'd be, it'd be like the ultimate defense versus offense. It would like, be. It'd be so good. The back and forth would be awesome. Like, there'd be games purely won by defense and then games purely won by offense. Yeah. And I think it would be so much fun. Yeah. Please. <laughs> as a as a fan whose team of, of a team that won't make it there, please. Like, we need to see that. All right. Players to add. Joey. Um. Yep. Yeah, so, I'm just addressing the center issue, and this is probably not the piece that's like worthy of being there but someone who is definitely affordable um willie collie stein <laughs> <laughs> sorry i couldn't, I couldn't hold Just that one try in. not to throw up over there um i i still think he provides defense but anyway ah that's, terrible. Yeah. that's right i mean that's all we would have to do this team yeah. can do everything else i haven't got to play that i've just said vaccinated curry i think like, I'm sorry, this team does not need any more players. They shouldn't be allowed any more players. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I guess I went with the centre thing again. And I can't believe we didn't plan this. But once again, Miles Turner getting a lot of love in the last few episodes. And I've also gone with guys like Dwight Howard, Nils Noel, and ironically, Jared Allen. But yeah. Mm, that, I was thinking Jared Allen as well. <laughs> that's literally, they should not have let him go. They should have tried to give extra picks or whatever just to keep him. Because he's the one... Think that they just, I guess, I don't know if they would would have wanted to pay him what he got this summer, but yeah, no. If, if Turner does ever get traded, you heard it here first, by the way. <laughs> We've listed every trade combination, yeah. but it, we, we would have predicted it. <laughs> um, ceiling and basement. I have their ceiling as title and their basement as Eastern Conference Finals because I don't think they fall anywhere below that. It's almost not possible. I'm the same. I think it. Largely depends on Kyrie, though. Like, if he doesn't get vaccinated and then, like, That's true. you've got Harden and KD playing heavy minutes all season with the rest of the roster as good as it's, and as deep as they are, it's a lot of veterans and, and guys that need other people to play and so that they're not playing heavy minutes. So, yeah, but I'm the same. Like, if everyone's healthy, which which is how we're doing these predictions, they mm. should, anything less than conference finals is disappointing. Yeah, I'm less the same finals, as you guys. Yeah. I, I actually would want to... Yeah. Mentioned as well, I think like even with just Harden and Durant, I think they can win the title. Yeah, I, I think yeah. at that point the Lakers would probably be favorites over them. Um, but I still think like they could because the rest of the roster is really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of talent. Curtis, yeah. do you want to see a Lakers Nets finals? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, personally, I'd, I'd love duck? to see, I'd love to see, duck? like, I'm not trying to duck, I'm not trying to duck. <laughs> no, no, as in, like, I mean, as a like, as a fan. You want to see the best product, but you also want to win. So, like, if we could play, like, the Detroit Pistons in the finals, like, hell yeah, give it to me. But, like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so then let's take who we get and let's see how we go. Yep. And I guess you, you stand the same way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's our very last division preview. We've had a lot of fun um, putting these together for you guys, and hopefully um, everyone listening at home, you guys really enjoy it. All right. Thank you to both of you guys as well for doing these six division previews and I think well seven episodes in total but yeah it's been really fun yeah no worries it'll be good to see whether our predictions come true looking back at 
the end of the season. So Yeah, can't wait for the season to start now. So let's go. Uh, and yeah, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to episode 11 of the Up and Down Under podcast. Please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you guys listen from. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to the feed and recommend our podcast to your friends. If you've got any suggestions or thoughts, things like that from today's episode, feel free to get in contact with us through our email, which is the up and down under pod at gmail.com and as well as our Twitter and Instagram DMs. And we'll see you next time.